Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast, supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, we've had another win, 3-0. We are top of the league, five points clear, 19 points from 21, six clean sheets out of seven. But I'm not quite sure how we managed to get a 3-0 win today in many ways. doesn't matter, we've still got a point. But to help me talk through this, I've been joined by Ben Morley. Hi, Ben. Good afternoon, how are you doing? Good, good. Yeah, definitely good after a 3-0 win and all those things. But Neil Riz has also joined us. Hi, Neil. Hello, good evening. So let's get into the first half. But first of all, look at those team changes that we made. We made three changes, Neil. Were you surprised by any of them that happened? Um, not really. Um, Zhao, I guess, was a surprise. But in hindsight, you kind of kind of have to wrap it up in Cottonwood a little bit. You could say this was uh, a good game to, to, to rest him uh, before the first half unfolded anyway. Uh, the other two, Estevez and Semedo, made made good appearances against Wickham, so you, you can see why those changes um, were made too. Um, time will tell whether you think Semedo had a, a good game or not, but... Um, I think Jiri's going to be out with him for a while. I think he might be one of those that has good ones and then and, and bad ones. But um, yeah, the three decisions I I couldn't kind of d disagree with them too too much. Yeah, I think Semedo has potential to be like a Pele signing from last season. Yeah, he has sure. some probably very good games. I feel, and in some games you think I'm not quite sure why he's still on the pitch. Mm -hmm. Today he hasn't played for a long time, so I guess we've got to give him also that benefit as well. But Ben, what did you make of the first 15, 20 minutes of that game? Because it was a bit one-sided, wasn't it? Yeah, it almost feels deja vu. We're, um, we're, we're slow to get out of the blocks and uh, teams are looking quite good. We're, well, I don't know if we're making them look good, but certainly we, we didn't really get our foot on the ball at all in the first 15 and, and they kind of stroked it around. Um, one thing I will say, again, the common theme we're seeing is they didn't really put us on any... Un any uh, under any particular pressure there, there you know there weren't any saves to be made in that period but nevertheless they sort of dominated the ball and cycled it around quite quite neatly we're struggling against teams with a high press Ben army we? we really are yeah a couple occasions we uh we got a bit lucky playing it out but um didn't really put ourselves in any trouble particularly but uh, yeah a, a few times it's it's certainly dangerous but i mean it's very much from the kind of like the textbook of the season how we were playing under Panovich that we defend, defend. It doesn't feel like a complete bombardment because they're like you just said, they're not getting any real shots off on target. Raphael, yet again, I mean, he's actually made no saves today, really, apart from one in the second half. But kind of, I'm not quite sure, is this what we're going to see for the rest of the season? Are we going to at some point see a return of the derby kind of dominant possession i don't think so um uh, neil what do you think yeah I, I think you're right um the way that panovic is is setting up the team if you want to look at it negatively is not to lose not to concede and you know liam moore probably had more saves to that met, he made today than rafael did and you know it, it's almost like you know rafael has to be kept as pristine as possible for some reason uh, you know the, the, the our goal is is the castle and it has to be protected so the shape of the team and the, the organization of where the players go when we don't have the ball is is sublime at the moment and you can't deny that we've conceded one goal and that was a 
a shoddy one to concede. So you can see that that overall team balance is is there when we don't have the ball. When we do have the ball, it's lacking. But that almost doesn't make sense because look at the goal difference. Look where we are on the table. Look how many points we are clear. No, no, it's, it's incredibly impressive. I think somebody who played quite well today, considering his debut in the Championship, at least starting anyway, was Estevez. What did you think of his performance, Ben? Yeah, it's, it's unusual, isn't it, to see someone pick the ball up in, uh, in that kind of right-back position and instinctively look to beat his man. Um, you know, it's sort of quick feet and, and one-twos and bringing other people into play. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think our, our very first attack was about 20 minutes and it was a, a huge run forward he made uh, and then whipped the ball whipped the ball in, it was overhit. But, yeah, I mean, he's certainly an attacking right-back, which is a, a, a nice option to have to compare with Holmes, who's traditionally more defensive. Yeah, because we heard after the match that actually Tom Holmes has got a slight injury, so he might be out for a little bit, because it's a bit of a surprise that he came out, but Estevez took his chance, so that's good to see a bit of squad depth. But in the 41st minute, after Rotherham had been pressing, or at least having a lot of the ball in our half, it kind of typical Reading FC for this season. We regained possession in their final third after a sloppy bit of play from Rotherham, in all honesty. Ijaria puts in across to Mate, who's in acres of space. I mean, Rotherham will not be happy with that goal. Um, he wasn't offside as well, was he, Ben? It looked very tight. Now, I've seen on Twitter someone, a few freeze frames, and I think the Rotherham fans also seem to agree he's, he's level with the, the centre-back there. Yeah, just going back to the clean sheets there as well, mentioned that um, uh, Vileko has now got more clean sheets than Clement had in nine months, which is <laughs> quite incredible if you look at that run. It's just amazing to see as a fan. What did you think of the goal then, Neil? It was just one of those moments in the first half where we literally showed probably the only bit of quality that we had. It was a nice interchange. Ejari had the ball at his feet, which he had rarely throughout the game. And that was pretty much his undoing as a performance as a whole. Um, but he, he put in a lovely ball for Mate. Uh, and I thought he, the way Mate kind of like has first touches in the past when he has space, he doesn't do very well with it. But this time he took it down and put it away with his left foot. Um which I think his second one was with his left foot as well, wasn't it? Um, uh, I don't know. I was, I was blinded was. by brilliance there. I'm not yeah. completely sure um, if it was. But. So, yeah, and it was a, a mystifying hit. And the keeper, again, like the, the, the Wickham game, it was so close to him, he couldn't really do too much about it and was made look a bit of a fool by going through his legs, really. Yeah, totally. Rotherham would be so frustrated at that point, yeah. wouldn't they, Ben? I mean, it's like it, last time you run, it was a bit like the Barnsley match, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. And, and I think um, it, I looked at half time and they were kind of almost delighted how they've been playing. And it, it seems like it was the opposite of the previous season where they, they came up with allowing the opposition to keep the keep the ball and then breaking and creating good chance and scoring. So uh, almost getting promoted and doing the polar opposite. I think they were they were happy with the, the style of play, but um, understandably upset to be 1-0 down. I spoke to the Rotherham fan yesterday from uh, the Rotherham United podcast and he said the style of play was a lot better. You should expect a, a little bit more progressive play, but they don't create any chances. And the only real chance that we saw for Rotherham was in the second half when Liam Moore yet again clears off the line. Uh, kind of easier than the one against Middlesbrough, wasn't it? But still, that's what he's there to do, isn't it? 
Yeah, he, he had to be there. Um, I think it's 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 further example of drilling of the defenders that when balls get put in certain positions, you you assume a, a good position in goal or at least a good defensive position. And it, you know Liam's done that throughout his time with us. He's always been very good at putting blocks in. Um, it, it wasn't the most cleanest hit by Hurst, but you know you had to be there to to save it. If he wasn't there, then uh, you know Raphael couldn't have got to it uh, for sure. So yeah, kudos to Moore for that. Is Liam Moore our player of the season so far, Ben? Who would you have up there alongside him? Well, I guess it, it's weird kind of seeing where he is now is is back back at that level he had been in the past but you know last season was I think challenging for him and a lot of players so it's great to see him back you know I think he's uh quite well understood to be one of the higher earners so really we should be expecting him to be one of the better players and it's great to see he's back and seems really happy and off the pitch seems to be loving it so uh yeah I'm I'm delighted to see him back to form I think other players um I think Zhao has obviously been huge and if we can keep him fit then that's that's a positive uh, and I think I'm sure we're going to talk about him shortly, but after Elise came on, I think the game kind of swung to us and he had so much impact in that short spell. Uh, both those players, when they came on, they really highlighted how big they are to us. And I think they were lacking before they were on. Totally right, Ben. Um, it's just the impact of Elise when he comes on and Jao as well. But Elise's stats, we saw some stats yesterday from uh, on Twitter. It's just remarkable for an 18-year-old some of the kind of end product he's putting out there, Neil, isn't it? It's it's one of those things I've thought of for a while is that we're going to sell this kid for millions. And it's a horrible thing to say because you want to keep your best players, but best, you know, your best players go to, to the bigger fishes. And we will, ultimately, he'll go. We know he will. But whilst we got him, we have to appreciate what he does because he, he, he has a composure that belies his age for sure. Um, whether he should have started in, in place of Ajaria today is is up for debate. Um, obviously, you're trying to rest him to a degree because he is only young. Um, but the impression he made in that little nice little showboat at the end was uh, was a joy to see. Yeah, we'll come on to that free kick he had. That was uh, yeah. I can only use the word audacious. <laughs> it was amazing. It really was. But in the 71st minute. There was a moment that was even more enjoyable from my point of view, and I'm sure from both of yours as well. The cross comes in from the corner, which I'm assuming was Michael Elise again. That bicycle kick, Ben, when he sat behind you on the screen, you won't be able to see that if you're listening, but wow, what a moment that was from Mate. Yeah, he, I mean, Mate does what he does. He uh, he scores goals, and um, not the first time he's been a threat from a set piece. Yeah, you were right, it was Elise who swung it in. I think he had three corners and all of them were sort of penalty spots, six yard area. So um, we talked about how good Mate's first touch was on the first goal. I think this first touch was actually probably quite a bit worse, but it gave him enough space to then uh, uh, put an incredible, you know, jump and, and bicycle kick and keeper had no chance really. So yeah, what, what a goal. Yeah, if you see the picture of it, it's just remarkable. I'm sure I'll tweet it in a minute anyway, but it's kind of <laughs> incredible picture of him in midair looking at the goal. It's just beautiful isn't it yeah. it, it's i was thinking after we, we'd scored that and i'm paying attention to set pieces now because even when i'm at the stadium watching games that oh we got a corner oh, forget that nothing's gonna happen mm. and i think i remember saying to the guy who sits next to me in the ground like you know there's like three percent of corners you actually get a goal from like entire football not just reading so imagine what our stats would be 
now I'm having to look at set pieces because I'm thinking, have oh, we got a chance now? And when you've got Elise taking those set pieces, that percentage for us has gone way, way up. And if you can get finishes like that from Mayte, then we're in for some exciting times from set pieces now. 2-0 up at that point, rather than throwing everything forward. And very late in the match, it's the time for the traditional now Lucas Jow goal. When he goes through, defender probably just thinks, I'm just going to take you down here. I've got no option. It doesn't really make any difference, Ben, but a well-taken penalty from Lucas Jow. Yeah, yeah, again, he, he's uh, got his back to goal and he just there doesn't seem to be a defender who can can handle him turning. Uh, he creates so many chances and so many opportunities from just pinning that defender, spinning them. Uh, and in this case, yeah, I mean, I think it took two of them to wipe him out in the end. And uh, the penalty was excellently taken. Keeper went the right way, but it was it was so far in the bottom corner, he had no chance. Yeah, it's just Lucas Jow, he's got to start against Blackburn, hasn't he, Neil? Really? I mean, yeah, I think so. For his physical presence alone, I mean, Blackburn won 4 0 away to Coventry today. So, uh, and, and they've got they've got firepower. So we have to make sure that we have firepower too. Uh, and that strength that that Joe has to hold up the ball, um, and his reputation alone this season for being a goal scorer, he he's he's got to start really. Otherwise, we're going to struggle to to get a, a toehold in that game um, if we don't start well and you know keep the clean sheet that we start with. The player who he took his place for today, um, well, who came in for him was uh, George Puskas. What did you think of his display then, Ben, today? I think it was it was a tough game for him in the first half. I think he was he was very isolated. Um, their defenders are strong. They you know tend to win everything in the air. So he kind of had the odds stacked against him. Uh, we, we struggled to get the ball into his feet, and and a couple of times when we did, he was either not in the right place or a sloppy pass. So not the best first first half. And like every other player apart from Mate, he didn't get any opportunities. Um, and then the second half, I thought actually his his uh, his interplay was a little bit better as we had a little bit more of the ball. Um, but he didn't, again, didn't have much opportunity to, to do too much. I think he had one kind of bursting run where he kind of ran into a defender more than anything um, and then was probably fairly subbed. It just, I think, probably wasn't his day, to be honest. No, no, I don't think you can take any positives or negatives away from him because he wasn't really given the chance to have any impact, was he? From like, I totally agree with that. Omar Richards is just growing and growing. Another player who has come through our academy, he could well be another 1-0 that we're going to be seeing leave, not this January, but if we don't get promoted, it'd be ridiculous we've been talking about that. But top of the league, why not? It's kind of... What do you think of his performances so far in today? He's been very, very impressive. Um, when, when I first saw Omar, he looked very nervous as a, as a footballer. Um, but his, you know, his maturity has kicked in at a far, far greater rate than I thought it would. Some of his his defensive positioning is, is way, way, way better than it used to be. His first touch now, and he had a, an absolute mm. amazing first touch uh, brought down over his shoulder in, in the second half um, when there was he was in some some uh, danger as well. That was. You know, totally belied whatever thought he was possible of of, of doing. Um, and as I saw on Twitter this morning, he's he's out of contract at the end of this season. So um, either we have to be very sharp on that, or we we could could lose him. 
Yes, I think so. Him and Tom McIntyre. He's obviously now seems to have taken up a role as a dominating central midfielder. I'm not quite sure if that's going to last, Ben, but he's doing a job for us there, isn't he? Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to pin it down. I, I don't know if it's going like a false 10, perhaps, he's playing. But yeah, it's... it's um, but he seems to be he seems to be enjoying it. I don't know. He seems to enjoy the opportunity to kind of dribble with the ball and I'm not sure he's taking people on, but sort of get his head down and try and run through him. But yeah, um, like he's doing a job. Team. He's disrupting. It's like it's special team. He just kind of comes on and says, right, you just kind of do a job up there and just make sure the ball doesn't come down this way. Working. It's working. So I, I can't yeah. criticise anything from the manager or any of the players because, well, <laughs> just the results speak for themselves. So in our next three matches... We've got Blackburn, Coventry, and Preston. Now, on paper, you think we can do quite well out of these games, Ben, don't you? I mean, what would be the minimum point return you'd be looking at from those matches now? It's tough. I mean, we're probably due a loss in terms of how we've been playing. So, you know, if, if we do lose one, maybe four points is, is okay. Um, Coventry are probably better than their, their performance today. I haven't gone down to 10, but I think Blackburn are a decent team, so that'll be the real challenge. If we can get through that and still unbeaten, then, uh, you know, it could be it could be seven points or it could be nine points even. Who knows? I'd take Crazy, four. isn't it? It's crazy, Ben, isn't it, to even say those things? <laughs> but what we haven't seen yet is how the team deals with going a goal behind. Um, we've always had the first goal in these matches. Um, obviously, in an ideal world, we don't see that, but that's not going to happen. We've got 46 matches. So, Neil, do you think we'll be able to come back in those games? And what's your points prediction? Well, for the next three, mm. um, I think I'll say four as well. I think we will lose one of them more than likely than any the next, I think. Um I think if we did go a goal down, it, it depends how the opposition play, because if they start to sit, then we've got a chance to get our foot on the ball. And as we've seen in, in earlier games of the season, when we had more possession. When we do that, then the midfield starts to shine and the flow starts to appear again. And we look cohesive. I mean, cohesive in attacking sense, not defensive. That's, that's solid enough. Um, and, and I think because we would have to take the game to the opposition, our tempo would rise. And when we, when the tempo rises, generally we play better as well. The slower the game is, the kind of more stodgy we become. So, and obviously we're now there to be shot at. So, and, and Pound is not going to let these guys sit back and think, hey, we're five points clear, we can, we can take a loss. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I look at the team and I think it is, there are differences to it, but we have won this league playing in a style that's not completely dissimilar under Brian McDermott. Sit back defensively, very strong, pinch the goals with quick players. Do you think we can maintain this, Ben, or do you think we should really just enjoy it while it lasts? Well, I mean, there's, there's uh, been a bit of a, a hammering for XG recently and, and you know, the, the numbers don't line up and, uh, if it were any other team than Reading, I, I would have to side with the numbers and say, yeah, it can't continue. But we've done it before. I don't understand. I think I think in the past I've tried to explain it, and the only solution I could come up with is magic beans that somewhere, you know, mm -hmm. there's something special about us that means we 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 break everything sensible. And, but mm -hmm. maybe it can. Who knows? That's the joy of, of football, right? That's why we watch it. Yeah, totally. It's not rational, is it? That's the beauty of it. And I agree. 
Um, I've spoken to Ryan off the Second Tier podcast, and he's he's a, he's a good lad. <laughs> he's what he's doing with his tweets. He's uh, basically doing a little bit of trolling, and it's working for him like a dream, isn't it? But Neil, if you were kind of like, if you could find any ideal position where you could buy one player to strengthen this squad, not a crazy amount of money. We're not going to buy Messi or anything. Mm-hmm. But if you could just have one player in this free agent era that we're now in. What position would you be looking to strengthen him? Oh, for me, undoubtedly left wing. Um, it's 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 been troubling for a, a good few seasons, and I think in in the way we we need outlets now, I think the left side of midfield would work. The problem with that is who'd you drop? Because at least say kind of can start there. Ajaria can start there. Um, this we're shoe, you're shoehorning people into a left side of position and then never use the left side. And we have to rely on Richards to go forward. But the way that teams seem to be set up at the moment is that Richards doesn't really kind of bomb on that much unless, unless we're having a good time. Um, so, yeah, it's a tricky one. I would say left, but um, I, I don't know how you change the team to not be as successful as it is now, if you know what I mean. But what we're doing is working, so why change it that much? Go for the same area, Ben, or somewhere different? Yeah, I think I think defensively we've been pretty much perfect. So, um, you know, assuming it's not a question of depth, and I think really it comes down to where Paolo wants, wants our plan B to be. As you mentioned, we haven't been behind for a minute yet, so we haven't really had to see it. Um, if that looks like attacking down the wing, then it probably is a winger. But it's very difficult for me to say because everything seems to be going to plan. <laughs> yeah, it's strange, isn't it? I'll tell you, the best player against us this season has been Lee Tomlin, the only man to score against us. Mm. Quite incredible. And it would be Lee Tomlin. The man is just loves scoring against us, doesn't he? Mm. So thanks a lot for uh, listening to this week's uh, podcast. We'll be back on uh, Tuesday night. I think it is against Blackburn. Hopefully talking about another win. Now time for a new section of the podcast. We're going to have someone talking about mental health. Thank you. Hi, for our listeners. Uh, my name's Jim. I'm a Reading resident, lived here for the past 15 years, and I've followed the club's ups and downs uh, from afar for the past 15 years. I am a Blackpool fan, but don't go hating me. Uh, I'm also uh, a trustee with the uh, with Reading Football Club as well and the Community Trust. So really good opportunity to speak to you today. Um, I also want to uh, work in mental health for the NHS. Um, and while I'm not a clinician, which I need to be clear about, um, I asked Paul if I could uh, come on and do a bit of a check-in really with you guys on how things are going, how everything's going during lock-in. Um, not lock-in. You know, wow, difficult. there we go there, James. you just like, oh dear, little insight there, isn't there? <laughs> Okay, yeah, you got me there. I meant lockdown, of course, <laughs> you got me there. But what's really interesting, you know, getting you on board, Paul, is really helpful. And, and thank you for giving me the chance to, to talk about this. And I thought you'd be a great guinea pig, actually, because, uh, um, you know, you're the, you're the leader so of, uh, of, of EPR along with your team. But I thought it'd be a good starting point. So I've just got a couple of questions, really, for reflections and find out, really, you know, in a world of no live football and social distancing, shielding, you know, shops and workplaces being shut. You know, how are you getting on? You know, how are you sort of faring in lockdown? It's weird. It is very weird mentally, I find it. It's, you have very up and down. Um, the loneliness is definitely a big factor, as in 
I am lucky that I've got my girlfriend here, so I'm not uh, loneliness in that. But I don't see other people face to face very often at all. I've mm. probably seen, I've seen my dad face to face probably three times in the last seven months, which wow. is not normal at all, because I normally go to the football match with him. So I sit next to him if he's behaving, sometimes he doesn't. But <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, I do miss that. But I kind of, being shielding as well is even more intense because there becomes mm. a fear factor in your head as well. So when you go out, especially during the first period of lockdown, I didn't go out at all for three months almost. And that was really intense, James, I can tell you, really mentally draining. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, it's really interesting that you, you sort of bring that up because I know that we're sort of entering this second phase, but it's almost like thinking about that past uh, you know, sort of three month period. And that's really hard to hear about, you know, not seeing your dad, not being at the game with mates or not being at the game with your, with your dad and having that shared experience. That is really tough. And that shielding element, like you say, is something more. And, and it's, I think what's quite interesting at the moment is that we are facing such sort of high stress moments. And, you know, we're, we're really under a lot of pressure, even if that's self-generated or, um, I don't know, like through what's going on in, in the news or in the media or whatever it might be. And we don't, we're not giving ourselves that chance to connect and almost sort of, sort of even out those problems that we've had, you know, and, and, and we would do that by going to football, wouldn't we? Or we'd do, do that by going to the pub with mates or going, you know, catching up in the squash court or, you know, whatever it might be. And, you know, for that, that's really, really interesting. And I, and I, I I wonder whether there are sort of you know similar experiences being felt everywhere. I don't know if you've got any sort of mates or any other experiences that you, you can think about. Yeah, there's definitely people out there. I mean, if you just think of the shielding group, the people that are in that as well, I'm sure there's people listening to this right now. And I know there is people have contacted me through EPR saying that they're shielding as well. And I just kind of, a lot of sympathy for them because you can't meet people in the same way and you have, like you said, the isolation issues and loneliness. Because if you live on your own right now, that must be so hard, James, dealing mm -hmm. with all of this because I've got someone to talk to and we both have the anxiety and issues that we didn't have before. I'm not normally an anxious person, but this has definitely increased my anxiety. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point, Paul. I think, you know, loneliness and social isolation are real factors for, uh, for poor mental health. Um, I think, you know, there is, uh, especially we'll see that a lot more uh, in people, you know, people sort of trying to sort of understand their own personal situation, trying to understand the world situation, trying to understand what's going on in the town or the county or with their mum and dad, you know, if they live elsewhere and that sort of thing. And I do think there are some real sort of, they're not hacks, uh, they're just sort of, you know, standard ways of approaching things from a, an emotional well-being perspective that are very well evidenced. And, and I just thought it might be helpful just to try and touch base on some of those, maybe if you've got any input as well. But I think the first thing to say, um, and, oh, I will say as well, we'll get, Paul, if you don't mind, you, we can put these up on EPR, onto Twitter and on the web as well. Yeah, definitely. We put them on the website as well. And we're putting tweets out about this. Um, definitely with links to what we're talking about. So if you need to kind of reach out to anyone, it's the great opportunity to do that and to speak to someone else about it. Because I think yeah. we shouldn't be shy about that at the moment, admitting, you know, there's, there's issues there, isn't there? Yeah, 
No, good point. Well, look, let me just uh, let me just put these out, and then you know you can have them for onto the pod and on the Twitter, etc. But the first thing, really, that is well evidenced is um, structure and routine. And um, I think as we move into as we move into the uh, you know into into the second lockdown or over the next sort of few months, especially when it gets darker, we've got to be thinking about how best we sort of you know from a hygiene perspective, not hygiene perspective, that's not right, but you know just getting into a routine, feeling the structure. I mean, have you experienced any of that? Definitely have to have routine, and I can tell you that I spoke to Brian McDermott after I did the recording with him on the podcast, and he said one of the key factors in his life is structure. You've got mm-hmm. to have a routine. So we all love Brian McDermott, don't we, as Reading fans? And he is absolutely fantastic advice there. And he's right. I found that at the beginning of lockdown, I really lost all my structure. I used to have a structure that I didn't even realize I had, probably, because it was just normal. So you have to try and find one that's not easy and that requires self-motivation. But I did find it a lot better once I found one. No, that's a good point. And that could be anything from sort of, you know, daily routine, you know, making the bed, uh, you know, going, you know, making the bed when you get out, of, when you're getting out of bed, you know, making sure you're having a wash, you know, trying to sort of make sure you're, you're doing something that you can sort of feel as though you're making some positive steps, you know, always, always thinking about how best you can sort of incorporate that into your time. Um, secondly, and I know this also is quite difficult for people, uh, especially who maybe are socially isolated or lonely, is actually staying in touch with loved ones and, you know, connecting with people because more often than not, actually, it has a, uh, a, a it can have a, a growing negative effect. You know, the less you're in contact with people, the less inclined you're a, you, you want to sort of, you know, sort of pick up with people obviously rings a bell for you does it Paul I, I, it, it's just something that really strikes me that actually it's like a sort of a the, the gap gets bigger you know and you're going to always feel as though actually it's harder to go and speak to someone or do you know what I won't speak to them and that's you know that's the easy sort of default setting when you're in that sort of mindset what's your thoughts yeah definitely I've lost contact with some people because it's just it's a strain it's a strain to make that effort and it's kind of, you think I've only got so much energy to do things, which mm-hmm. is a kind of, it's not good. And they've probably done it with other people as well. And that's me self-justifying there completely. But it's a kind of situation. Something also I find is when I've seen my friends, I've got a friend who lives in Germany, came over. I'm not a huggy person at all. I'm a million yeah. miles away from that. But I saw her and that's normally when I give her a hug or something. I couldn't do it. And that was really really weird for both of us mm-hmm. so it's just an indication of how much it change you and you just think i'm missing out on that and it really yeah. is what actually what you've got yeah and that's a that's a really interesting point you know it's that connection you know it's staying in touch with loved ones it's reaching out to people not being afraid to sort of put a text in you know if you know that or if you feel or you sense that a friend is is not on good form that's often an indication that's correct Right. You know, and and, you know, actually keeping in contact with your mates, keeping in contact with your loved ones is crucial, especially our elderly, you know, relatives and family, etc. Also, I mean, a big shout out to you guys in EPR, you know, like as a community, you know, you're all focused on one thing. That's the Royals, you know, and, you know, I'm sure there have been friendships made and, you know, I'm sure there have been connections made between people going, you know, giving lifts and going to games. And I don't know, have you had a marriage yet? Like, you know, blind date? Have you got any marriages or anything? 
I've got nothing to reveal publicly yet, but there well, are enough inklings, you know. Yes. <laughs> You're not going to be buying a hat just yet. Um, the, the, the second one really is about um, challenging yourself, really. Um, Recognising that keeping occupied, uh, you know, not necessarily busy. I think there's a distinction to be made between sort of busyness and, and keeping occupied. I think, you know, using elements such as, you know, you know like really sort of trying to focus on your brain and your cognitive abilities, you know, keeping physically active, um, you know, learning something new, you know, challenging yourself, um, you know, really, they're really important. Go on, Paul. Uh, this site, APR, has been an absolute godsend for me during this mm. uh, lockdown, COVID, C19 world, whatever we want to call it. Just having that ability to have something to focus on and something new, a challenge and a kind of motivation because it's kind of like, I'm not meeting anyone new at the moment. I do mm. love meeting new people, but I can't do that. So thanks to technology, I can still do stuff with it. But if I didn't have that, but other people, there's loads of things that they can start something new that they've maybe always wanted to do, but they've never yeah. had the time or the inclination to kind of like fully. But just do a little bit. You don't have to reach the top in this period. Just start something no. and see where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I mean, learning, uh, you know, there's loads of stuff online, you know, like learning courses, open university, a lot that you don't have to pay for, you know, which sometimes is a bit of a barrier for people. Um, but, you know, there is loads going on out there, um, you know, picking up a book, uh, you know, following your interests, you know, they're really important factors and they're factors that will actually increase your self-motivation as well. Um, I sort of link these ones together, really accessing nature and uh, getting active, being active. Um, you know, even if you live in a socially isolated sort of you know, uh, uh, a socially isolated world or you've, you've got sort of you know you don't have the open space that potentially you have maybe you live in a flat or something like that even if you're opening the windows you know getting the fresh air in getting outside connecting to nature you know be down on the river going down on the Kennet you know anything anywhere around Berkshire I mean you know we can go anywhere from if you've got a car and you know you can go from like Kimbury Hill all the way over to Windsor you know you can come up you know this neck of the woods along the Thames and the Kennet and, you know, it really is, honestly, the benefits to your mental health and emotional well-being are staggering. There's so much evidence in this space. And, and you know, for me personally, you know, that's how I keep maintain my balance, really, you know, is going out walking. Uh, I love going up to the Bell at Oldworth, get on the train, go to Goring, walk up from Goring up to the Bell, have a few pints at the Bell, stumble home, uh, you know, and it's, and, and it's a great day, you know, and, and that. Uh, did that last weekend and you know it's any opportunity you know yourself Paul yeah I totally agree on physical exercise if you can there'll be people listening that can't do that obviously I, I respect that completely I don't get that but if you can get out there in any way it makes such a difference I find it so much harder when because of my health I have fluctuating uh, kind of energy levels basically to miss out all the medical stuff and in one of those days when I don't feel I can do anything really, and uh, you wouldn't probably think that looking at my EPR site, it's always busy, but there mm. are days when I can't do things and that's when I'm most affected by COVID essentially. Yeah. That's when I feel most anxious about it. And I, I know it's there, but sometimes I can't do anything about it. But when you get out there, it does help. It, it's a fact. Yeah. Um, well, it helps, and it helps also just send. Sorry, I was going to say it helps. You know, it helps to send to yourself. It helps to sort of give you some perspective. 
uh, gives you a bit of time to get away from things, you know, move away from the phone, move away from the computer or the telly or whatever. And I know that it's very easy for people and it's all linked to self-motivation. It's all linked to ability to get out of the house and ability to sort of stretch yourself and, and so on. But there are lots of different things you could be doing, you know, sorry to say it guys, but there's housework that you could be getting on with, uh, you know, stretching, you know, walking, online exercises, loads, got loads online at the moment. And then finally, you know, the main one, uh, not the main one, sorry, but, you know, a uh, uh, final one from me really is um, getting creative, being creative. Um, you know, there are always opportunities to do stuff, whether it be, you know, you're a, a designer or a maker, you know, you, you know you're, you're all about sort of textiles or you're all about sort of, you know, wood or, you know, sort of materials. It could be drawing, painting, you know, a bit of DIY, you know, maybe that's things that's been waiting in the corner. You can go and do that. Take great pride in, you know, in putting up a, putting up a picture, playing music, you know, playing instruments and so on. Uh, you know, that, again, is massively underrated. Um, and it is difficult for, you know, for, for people to sort of think about that. But it all fits in, you know, it all fits into that sort of challenging yourself, creativity and sort of you know, keeping occupied, really. And I think the final thing is, um, it probably sounds a little bit hippie-ish, but you know, one of the one of the most cost-effective ways of uh, you know better emotional well-being and better emotional mental uh, mental health is through mindfulness meditation. I know that sounds really uh, sort of out there, but it actually is one of the easiest and cost-effective moments, which is to just try to sort of calm your mind. Uh, try to allow thoughts to just play through uh, your brain. Thoughts are very temporary, um, as are feelings. And, you know, you may be feeling shit and you may be feeling down in the dumps and you may be feeling uh, anxious or you may be feeling um, under pressure. Uh, but if you just allow yourself to experience those thoughts and those feelings and actually just allow them to wash in front of you, uh, and not necessarily pick out, pick them out and like sort of you know, drive that through. Maybe it's something we can talk about in the future, Paul. You know, I think it's something that is a massively important thing. And hopefully if people have got to the end of this without fast forwarding through to the next insightful part of EPR. Uh, maybe we can do something like this again and you know, have a bit more of a chat on some other subjects. Maybe even ask, ask the guys if they want to have a, you know, if they want to talk about anything or anything like that. Give us a shout. Yeah, definitely, James. We'll definitely do this again. And uh, I'm sure some people fast forwarded because that's how it works. But <laughs> <laughs> let's not pretend. My ego, but, my ego is fine. My ego is God, fine. doesn't bother me as well. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully somebody, maybe someone wants to listen to it, give a little bit of kind of advice, help. I don't know. Make me feel like not the only one in this situation. So we'll be putting links up on the Twitter account. We'll also be putting them on, on the website. And James will be back again at some point soon. Thanks, James. Cheers, mate.